great pleasure for me to be here with you this morning. And every year as we're coming back, it's like coming back to our home church, mainly because you are very well known as the uh, children of George and Anna. So I know that uh, you love them and we love them as well. Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 25, till uh, the end of the parable, which the verse 37 can be found on page 71 on our Bibles. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your labor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, who he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged him his wounds, having poured off oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him. And when I come back, I will repay whatever more you spend. Which of those three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. The word of the Lord. This is one of the most well-known parables of the Bible. If you look around, you will see a lot of institutions having the name of Good Samaritan. The most well-known Good Samaritan organization is the one that has to do with a purse. It's Good Samaritan's purse. And it's very interesting that in 1980, 
one of the most influential and very well-known British politician, Baroness Margaret Thatcher, said once that nobody will remember Good Samaritan if it was only for his good intentions. It helped a lot that he has money as well. Well, I don't know if that's the meaning of the parable, really. I think it's completely the opposite. You see, Samaritans were considered at the time of Jesus, and they are considered today not true people of God. They are almost heathen. In the early uh, 20th century, an edict came out from the principality of the Jewish priests in Palestine saying that all the Samaritans should be considered idolaters. It was bad blood between the Samaritans and the Israelites. They have a different way of dealing with what is the right place to worship God. For the Samaritans, the right place is the mountain where Abraham went and willingly offer Isaac to God. For the rest of the Israelite people is the great temple in Jerusalem. And that fight brought those brothers in blood apart. And as time was passing by, more things were adding up. Very often the Samaritans were siding up with the enemies of the Israelites. So when Jesus decided to present his cause and the main character is a Samaritan, is like using the most enemy of all the Israelite people. Today, it may have been the good Muslim parable. Or, I don't know, what's the worst enemy? In Greece, it's uh, Turkish, uh, the, the good Turkish people. And it's also very interesting that the other two in the parable are the two very well-respected people in the whole nation. It's a priest and a Levi. All the good people that we're expecting to do the right thing are there in the story, but the character is a person who is an enemy. At the time of Jesus... That's an offense. Give us a good example of our own, the lawyer said. Tell me what to do in order to inherit the eternal life. And Jesus asking the obvious. He's a lawyer. He knows the law. He said what the law says. And the law says very clearly in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, that... You have to love God with all your heart and also your neighbor. And then he asked a very interesting question. It reminded me a lot the question of Peter to Jesus when he asked Jesus how many times we need to forgive somebody. And Jesus gave him a tremendous amount of times we need to forgive. 
Now this guy, this guy is coming to Christ and asking another very interesting question. The question is, give me the right not to love somebody. Because he asks, okay, I know that the law says that I need to love my neighbor, but who is my neighbor? Is it my neighbor, my brother that bothers me all the time? Is it my neighbor, the next door person that, I don't know, he has a dog that bothers me every morning? Is he my fellow co-worker? You see, all of us, we have people who don't like them very much. And as good Christians, we try to find good ways to justify why we don't want to associate with them. Not only, of course, not being the best friends, that's not the point here, but just to treat the other and honor the other as a person created by God as well. So Jesus now takes an amazing story. People are coming down from Jerusalem, the holy city, to Jericho. The road is really steep. For you that you have been there, you know that it's a very tiring road. And at the same time, at the old times, it used to be the place where all the robbers and other people can hide and try to take advantage of those who are tired or they're traveling alone. It's also interesting that everybody's going down. Nobody goes up. And this is very interesting for the story. Because when we have these people robbed and left half dead at the edge of the road, people that were coming down, it's the priest and the Levite, and of course somebody will say, okay, these people should not go very close to these people because they are unclean and what they will do afterwards. But that's not an excuse. They have left the holy place. They go down to the city, so they do not need to observe this kind of law. Also, Jesus uses a very interesting word. It says, by chance, one of the priests and the Levite was passing by. So nothing is by chance, in other words. And when they see this person laying half dead, they played blind. They didn't pass by. They crossed the road, and walk on the other side. They didn't want to even associate by accident with this person. And that's not the right attitude, Jesus said. Because then, an enemy of our people, a heathen person, a Samaritan, Allow me to say that uh, the translation is wrong at this place. <laughs> the Greek word that is used here is splachnistike, which means that he poured his heart out. It's the exact same word Luke is using for the father when he sees the son coming out, the prodigal son, and the younger son is coming in the house. It's the exact same word Luke is using for Jesus when he sees this widow that he has lost the only son he has. So this Samaritan has the exact heart Jesus has when he sees a disaster Father has when he accepts back 
the sinner. He put his heart out. He didn't, did, didn't do anything because of a pity. He really put his heart out. In Greek, we still use this word when we want to say that this person is so close to me. We call it, it's my splachno. Splachno means my everything inside of me. So this Samaritan saw this half-dead person and said, this is my people. This is I. I relate with this person wholeheartedly. Not because he knew the person, but maybe he thought, what if I was I on that side of the road? How I would be like to be treated from these people passing by. I have a good friend of mine that he was caught in a very bad accident in one of the Greek highways 20 years ago. And uh, he had to wait. 911 was there and they tried to cut down his car in order to pull him out. He was completely broken. He was expecting there the ambulance to come. And he was listening to the sound of the sirens of the ambulance and he was thinking, that's my only way to live. He said to me, after my accident, whenever I listen to one of these ambulances coming, I immediately stopped because I know that somebody needs this help immediately now. The good Samaritan put his heart out and worked into action. The lawyer who asked Jesus what he has to do and who is his neighbor, he knew very well of another incident when Samaritans did the exact same thing. In the second book of Chronicles, chapter 28, there is a very interesting story about an obscure prophet of Israel. His name is Odeb. I actually never heard of him before, before I read that text. Where he spoke to the Samaritans that they have done something wrong. They have sided with the enemy. And the Samaritans were so much moved by his prophetic voice that they changed completely. And they did something amazing. They went to the people of Israel nearby, and they tried to clothe the people. They gave food and drink to those they didn't have. They even carried them to the places that they can be safe. So there were incidents that Samaritans could be good people if you treat them well and if you speak the word of God to them. Samaritans at the same time are extremely, extremely thick-headed people. The Samaritan race people are almost extinct in the 20th century. In the 1971, there were only 150 Samaritan people lived on earth because they were so rigid about their ideas, about how close they need to be in their community, that they will marry only people of their own And it was only after that date that the religious council opened up 
And at this time, there are about 750 people living in Israel. But these people today in Israel are a bridge for Palestinians and Israeli people to be together in certain occasions. Even the politicians are going there when they have big feasts. Still, they live around the same mountain, Yerizin, where Abraham offered his son to God. But that was then. What is for us today? The easy way is to speak about the refugees, the homeless, and the people we see every day on the road. And I would say these are the easy issues. The difficult ones are the neighbors that are close to our families and to our hearts and to our money and to our houses. This is the real challenge. How the gospel, how the ethos that changed the person from being selfish and have the mercy of God in his heart and mind pour out to other people. Jesus said to the lawyer, do the same as this Samaritan. Show mercy. Pour your heart out to the others. See not those things that separate you from them, but see what the need are and try to fulfill it. As God does every single day to all people of the earth and especially to his people in the church. God is looking in our sins and transpasses and he forgives us. When we're in need, he's pouring his mercy on us. Whenever we're sick, whenever we are in need, we cry to him and he's always there. He asks us to do the same thing with the people we know and they have the need of our help. We should try to see more of these people like a good opportunity to show mercy, the mercy of God to the others. We need to do that with our word, with our deeds, with our money. The good Samaritan paid two days' wage to this innkeeper. And he said to him, and if he needs more, I will come and pay. The interesting thing is the follow-up. He will follow up on him to see that he is okay. Sometimes here you can go to the emergency room, they can wrap you up, fix you up for a while, and then after they stabilize you, they say, okay, now show me your credit card. Then it's exactly the opposite. He wraps him up, he stabilizes him, and he gives the credit card. 
it's not about money. It's about the attitude of the heart. How much I empathy with the other person. He felt of him like his own God. He felt of him as of his own people, even though they think they were enemy. And that's the amazing thing with the gospel of Christ. It can be enemies to become brothers and sisters in Christ. People that are fighting to become people of supporting each other. The gospel transforms the world and the community. And the only power that can really transform the community is his church, us. Amen.